Welcome back to the Cycle 365. Today we got NBA preview. I'm Cody Stoffer here with Simon. Villianos. There we go. And we're going to be talking about the East, the Eastern Conference, the NBA first. And Simon and I are just going to go through a rundown of our lists. We're doing seeds one through ten. So you have one through eight being the playoff teams, of course, and then nine and ten being potential surprise teams or teams on the rise. So I'll go ahead and go first. For the East, I have the Bucks as the one seed, the Philadelphia 76ers as the two seed, the Toronto Raptors as the three seed, the Indiana Pacers as the four seed, the Boston Celtics as the five seed, the Miami Heat as the sixth seed, the Brooklyn Nets as the seventh seed, and the Detroit Pistons as the eighth seed, with the Orlando Magic narrowly missing the playoffs, and the Atlanta Hawks as the tenth seed. Simon, let's hear yours and then we'll discuss. Ooh, that's really interesting, actually. All right, so number one, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. At two, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. Three, the Pacers. Four, the Nets. Five, the Celtics. Six, the Raptors. Seven, the Orlando Magic. Eight, the Detroit Pistons. And then nine and ten is the Hawks and Bulls, respectively. So you didn't even have the Heat no, in I your didn't. top ten? I did not. You know they they, they barely missed last year. Yeah, yeah, but... And that was with an old man, Dwayne Wade. Yeah, but the thing is, I feel like they're playing on a lot of, like, emotion. Because they wanted, you know, to get there for Dwayne Wade. So I don't... Like, I know they added Jimmy Butler, but I don't think they'll be playing with that type of inspiration come the end of this season. I feel like Jimmy Butler is good enough to get him there. Potentially, maybe. I mean, he's one of the... He can score from anywhere on the court, basically. And he's one of the best defenders in the league. He is. And in a week, weaker Eastern Conference, I don't see them placing behind the Magic. Well, see, the Magic, they... So, what were they? Like the 7th or 8th seed? They were the 8th seed, actually, right? Yeah. In last year's playoffs. They probably should have secured that playoff spot a little bit sooner. Watch, I watched a lot of <laughs> Orlando Magic highlights, and there's a lot of them between Aaron Gordon, you know, Fournier, obviously, they got Vucevic uh, back. But... They have a good little young squad there, and I, I like them a lot, actually. I think all of them are going to take a step forward, you know, because they're all playing with a lot of uh, a pride, I guess. They're tired of losing. They want to get better. They they're, don't have any three-point shooters. They have Fournier. Evan Fournier? Oh. Yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, yeah. They anyway. have Evan Fournier, yeah. And he's only 25, which is crazy, because I swore I thought he was a lot older yeah, than that. Yeah, I... He's only 25? That's surprising. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just don't see them being better. This Heat squad was really close to making the playoffs last year, and I feel like they only got better with Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And they're also kind of in the market to make a move for Chris Paul as well. Still, even though the season is about to start, Chris Paul isn't going to end the season on the Thunder. I believe that 100%. No, that's fair. I think if they were to get Chris Paul, I would, you know, they'd be in the playoff race for sure. But I don't think Jimmy Butler could do it all by himself. He doesn't have Hassan Whiteside anymore. There's a, he, they've lost some, I'd say, key role players. Honestly, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe in the Heat this year. And I think in the next couple of years they'll be better, but not this year. They're a very well-ran organization with high standards, though, and that's why I think that the Heat will be able to make the playoffs. They always are. I, I mean, I don't doubt it that they could potentially make it. I just don't have them. As of like today, uh, what is it, October 21st, 2019, I don't think that the Heat have, you know, the, the star power and the talent to, to make it there right now. Well, we'll just have to see on that one, huh? 
Yeah, we'll see. Who's your one seed again? My one seed was the Bucks. Oh, okay. Your sweet. one seed was the Bucks. We were the same on the 76ers being two. Yeah. You had the Pacers at three. I had them at four. And I was going back and forth on it. Yeah. I feel like it all depends on what Oladipo looks like when he gets back. That's fair. If he returns in December, I think that they could very well be the three seed. But if he doesn't return till January or even February because of, you know, uncertainty and they don't want to hurt him for the long term either. Like, they want to make sure that he's fully healthy because he's really young. And he could be a franchise mainstay. So yeah. I feel like depending on how his progress is determines if the Pacers get the three seed or not. I feel that. I definitely do. They did get Malcolm Brogdon, though, right? They did get Brogdon. Yeah. And they just gave Sabonis a huge extension today. That's a little weird. But, yeah. I mean, he's a good he's a good young player. But I probably wouldn't have given him that amount of money. I mean, cheaper than some of the other contracts we've been seeing recently. That is fair. But yeah, I agree. I think the Pacers are there too. There are a couple other teams that could push them in and out of that spot as well. But I think they're a lot to make the playoffs. Yeah, no, the Pacers will definitely make the playoffs. Who did you, where did you have the Raptors? The Raptors are at six. Six. Which might be, in my opinion, it's a little bit high even then, but. You realize that they made the playoffs like every year before Kawhi was there, right? Yeah, but they had DeRozan too, so. But Siakam wasn't the player that he is now. That's true, but I mean, I, I like Pascal Siakam a lot, and I like the contract they gave him too, because he's he's grinded. He showed me a lot in the NBA Finals, actually. But I don't know if the team around him could get it done. I mean, That's Kyle Lowry's still an all-star guard. He's Kyle Lowry, though. In come playoff time, we don't know what he's going to look but, like. But he's good enough to get the Raptors a higher seed in the regular season. Kyle Lowry's great. Yeah, potentially. But we I, have... I didn't, this isn't talking into the postseason. This is talking no, season yeah. seed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, I might, I could see them go as high as four, but that's about it, honestly. Because I mean, the East is weak in general, so like exactly. it's always like going, like you know. And so I feel like the Raptors teams... have more star power than a lot of other teams. I with Siakam and with Gasol. He's there too. Gasol and is Ibaka's there still, right? Yeah, Ibaka's there. Yeah, so they have some of the best big men in the East that are... I mean, Ibaka and Gasol can both shoot threes, and they're great in the pick and roll, which works out for Lowry really well. Yeah, they are. I just, you know, I'll, I'll have to see. i have to see how they respond to, uh, you know, not having Kawhi Leonard there, because he's, he's, you know, he's obviously a top three player in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to be the same type of team. They're gonna have. They're gonna show flashes for sure. I want to see if Fred Van Fleet maybe has another set of progressions ahead of him. Like if he will get like take another step forward. I mean, it's all about so, being hot, and he was really hot during the postseason. I just yeah. don't know if he can sustain that for an entire season. That's the honestly. thing too. Yeah, because I feel that way about Ky- like Kyle Lowry. He's good, but I feel that way about Kyle Lowry as well. I feel like there, so. I, I don't know if you should put Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet in the same sentence, but. We'll see. <laughs> hey, those no finals. Lowry, my I God. mean, honestly, those finals, though, like, there are definitely times they opted to have Van Fleet in there instead of Kyle Lowry. I mean, there were times where Lowry also took over the game for multiple possessions. In the finals? Yeah. Like what? I mean, there was one point where he scored, like, eight consecutive points, and he was drawing fouls, too, and hitting free throws. And he's good on defense as well. He's okay on defense. He's better than Van Vliet. Oh my god. Well, okay, we'll have to see. Hey, audience, make sure to educate Simon. No, you can educate me, Bob. On how good Kyle Lowry actually is. We'll we'll have to see. Plus, he's isn't he on the wrong side of thirty? 
So that's different in basketball, though. What do you mean? You, I mean, you use the wrong side of thirty a lot, but it's different in basketball. Like, thirty's the new twenty. I don't know. In basketball? Yeah. It depends the player. Like, okay, he's thirty-three. He was thirty-two last year. We'll see. Anyway, you gotta sustain it. That's the thing, though. Like he could still I mean, be. He good. was literally an all-star last year, so like. I mean, he's been an all-star. That's yeah for five all-star. straight years. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> I don't know what Lowry has to weak, prove to you. The East but... is weak, all-star wise. We, we both know that. It's still a big deal to be an all-star. No, yeah. Like Kyle, Kyle Lowry, five-time all-star, one-time NBA champion, potential Hall of Famer. Would he make? Okay, we'll see about Hall of Famer. Uh, but would he be an All Star in the West? I mean, the West has Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook, so no. <laughs> we'll we'll see. I could see them going as high as four, but right now I think six is a solid spot. All right. And where were your Celtics at? <laughs> see, okay, actually, I know I said the Raptors should be lower, but the Celtics, in my opinion, probably should definitely be lower. They're at five. I have them at five as well, and yeah. that, I feel like it's a safe place to put them because they're just such a volatile team, and yeah. we don't know how it's going to pan out. Last year, they had really high expectations because Gordon Hayward was supposed to be healthy, mm-hmm. everyone was supposed to be healthy and on the same page, and then it just kind of fizzled out after sweeping the Pacers in the first round because I feel like chemistry was just a huge problem with this team. Do you think Kemba Walker can fix that, or does it not matter? I'm going to be honest. The Celtics score was the reason why Team USA's FIBA team recorded its lowest ranking, probably, I'm pretty sure, ever Yeah. in the tournament. I mean, it's literally like the Celtics. Them. Yeah, yeah, I'm holding that against them. And like, that's why I'm on, not, dude. that's why I have them at five. Because, bro, they literally had Kemba, Tatum, yeah. and Brown, yeah. I believe. And uh, did they have someone else from the Celtics or no? I think that might um, have been it. Yeah, that's probably Those are the three that I remember. And if, if I don't remember the other player, well, throw some shade at him because obviously they're not worth remembering. Yeah. But like, and they gave Jalen Brown a huge extension today, even though he averages like 12 points a game, which is insane. Like, yeah. Maybe they know something we don't know. Maybe. That's what we thought last year. Yeah, but it's it's a little bit less crowded, like you said. So, we'll and Horford's see. gone too. Oh, So shoot. they don't have a big guy. That's true, they don't. They have... Uh, they have Taco, or Taco. Ta- it's Taco. It's taco. taco Fall. Yeah. yeah. But, like, he's we don't know what he's going to look play. like. And he's not a starter. So they have Bynes, I think. Bynes. Bynes. Yeah. That's... We'll, we'll have to I see. I might move the Celtics below the Heat, the Nets, and the Pistons to the eighth seat. I don't Speaking, know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer in... Brad Stevens? Yeah, Brad Stevens. Yeah, I'm a huge believer in Brad Stevens. And, Same. Uh, you know, I felt like the Celtics were supposed to be the Spurs of the East, but that didn't happen, so no no love for me other than believe in their coach. That's about it. No, same. We'll, we'll just have to see. I think I'm, I'm being really honest here. I think four might be the highest spot I could see them go. I feel like five is the high. Well, here's the thing. It's like, I feel like they could be as high as a three or as low as a miss the playoffs. Yeah. Like, See, that's the thing, though. That's why. I don't know. I have no idea what to expect. Like, is Jason exactly. Tatum trash or is he good? Exactly. He might have just been hot for that one playoffs against LeBron and then 
I mean, still lost, so. Confidence. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, you mentioned the Nets. Where did you have them again? I had them at seven. Because Durant's not supposed to be back till later in the season, yeah, if if at all. No, he's he's going to be back for sure. That's what I heard. Like around February or April. Which is a good time to have him back, but I don't know if they'll... And like, theoretically, right, Kyrie's an upgrade over Russell. Yeah. So, I mean, I we'll so. see. I feel like... The East, okay, as much as the West got better, I feel like the East also got better. Especially if, like, yeah. Oladipo's coming back for the Pacers, and, like, if the Celtics solve chemistry issues, you That's know. fair. I, so I had the Nets at four, and I think they might rise, too. Uh, especially with the addition of KD, because, you know, Kyrie, he's been disrespected a lot, and usually it's been disrespect that he deserves. <laughs> but he, uh, I think he has something to prove. I really do. Because if this doesn't work out for him, then he basically becomes like the Antonio Brown of, of basketball. Well, I'd and love to be wrong about I'd love to be wrong about Kyrie, but and I was like trying to defend him, like hardcore too last year. Yeah. But then he just kept going out and putting up duds, and yeah. it's like, well, shoot, I can't defend you if you're being bad, dude. No, exactly. And he was definitely part of the Celtics problem as well. <laughs> he was not the solution. He definitely was, but I think this Nets team is better built around him than that Celtics team. Like you got, you have a really good, you know, like, uh, like role players on the on the Brooklyn Nets. Well, and you realize that the Nets play like the most ISO ball in the NBA, right? Yeah. And that's where Kyrie should excel. Oh yeah. Because he can. I feel like offensively, well, there's no one who can defend him one on one. No, no. In the league. When he's healthy and right. When he's healthy and in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, I feel like he's more unguardable than even, like, Steph, so. That could be debatable, but yeah, no, I feel that too. And I think Jared Allen, he's a young center over there. He's going to take a step forward. Oh, absolutely. They got DeAndre Jordan, who's a pretty good, you know, center to have off the bench. That's actually really good, in my opinion. And then, you know, you still got Karis LeVert. I mean, I guess they lost Jared Dudley, but. God, screw that guy. <laughs> I know what you that guy's an idiot. But. They lost Jared Dudley. Oh, but they have Spencer Dinwiddie, who I feel like is gonna be—he's gonna compliment Kyrie a lot better than most no, people. They have—they have a great core there, and yeah. I guess this is this seven seed that I have him at is more of a testament to Kyrie than anything. Okay. But I hope that he proves me wrong, and I feel like they could be as high as a two seed. That's honestly. fair. I could see that too. Yeah, but with KD and I—I I don't know how KD and Kyrie are gonna work together. I feel like I'll it'll be, be fine. It'll be like LeBron and Kyrie. Yeah. Now, nah. Katie's not as much of a passer, but Katie, God, he's the guy that you could honestly troll them. Like you could get under his skin so easy. Like, yeah, oh because gosh. he's a sellout. Exactly. Cupcake baby burner account having. All right. Well, you're an OKC fan, but anyways. I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah, but like, see, <laughs> for those reasons, and like the fact that he has thin skin, I don't think he's that good of a leader because of that. I really don't. And I don't think Kyrie is that good of a leader either. I mean, he always be talking smack too when it don't matter. Like, he basically, he went on record saying, you'd be surprised on how the finals would have ended if he played. But it's like, okay, woulda, shoulda, coulda, drama queen. Like, Yeah, well, if KD's not careful, he might turn into the Antonio Brown of basketball <laughs> soon here. But anyways, moving forward. Okay, did, you said the Hawks as like a 10 or 9 seed, right? I did. 
You had him at nine? Yeah, I had him at nine, actually. Okay, and the only difference from that is that you didn't have the heat in your top ten. But yeah. I really like this Hawks team. They're really young. Trey Young started to progress a lot last year. Yeah. He started off really rocky, but he really picked it up, and he's exactly what he was slated to be coming into the NBA. He was a great distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who else was scoring points off that Hawks team, but he had a ton of assists. So John Collins. John Collins, yeah. this is true. And they have a great young core, and I feel like they're – they're going to be on the rise for sure this year and in upcoming years especially. Yeah, I believe it. I love the Cam Reddish pick. I thought that was fantastic because he, I mean, he struggled a little bit at Duke, but he's still a talent. Like, he could be he could be real good for them. You know, I, I see a lot of, not like playing style-wise, but like just history-wise, I see a lot of like a young Russell Westbrook and KD and Trey Young and Cam Reddish. Potentially. You know, so we'll have to see. But yeah, they barely miss out right here. You know, they're at the nine. Hawks. Better hope that it ends better for them than OKC. Yeah, they. I think they have a good young squad to build around. Yeah, but this is it. Like you got to build with what you got. You know, you got to get a good coach. Got to get. I mean, I think they already have a solid GM, and then you got to get free agents to come to Atlanta, which shouldn't be as hard as some other places. But yeah, yeah, I have them at nine. And then at 10, I had the Chicago Bulls, just because they're another young team. I really like Colby White. I really do like Colby White. I think he'd be great. I love the hair, all that stuff, the swag. But, you know, I think they'll get pushed out because of their, their youth. So. so I've edited my list just a little bit since we started this. Okay. Have you edited yours at all? Nope. All right. Well, all I did was I have the Bucks at one. Okay. Sixers two, Raptors three, Pacers four. I moved the Nets up to five. Okay. The Celtics down to six, and the Heat down to seven. Okay. And then the Pistons rounding out because, I mean, really it all comes down to if Blake Griffin's going to be healthy. And they also picked up Derrick Rose. Oh yeah. In the off season. They so did. they finally have a point guard that's worth a damn. I mean, if he stays healthy. They have Reggie Jackson too. Yeah, the Pistons. They could be a team that could go as high as six, but. More than likely, they'll probably end up eight because they're not going to get a full season out of Blake Griffin. Yeah, probably not. They're a they're a playoff team though. Yeah, they're a playoff they're, team. They have just enough, you know, uh, veteran experience to to barely get in and you know give some team a challenge. Blake Griffin could be a top twenty scorer this season. He could. I you know I I really hope Blake Griffin does well because I don't think he's been on the downswing, but it feels like he has. <laughs> From his Clippers days, so I, I hope he could, you know. I mean, that's just the tragedy of moving to a smaller market, really. Yeah. But I want, you know, I, I think the Pistons deserve a good team. So. Yeah, and I've always liked Blake Griffin. He played at OU, yep. so. Yeah, he's a good guy. Drummond, too. So and he's paying a lot in child support. That's true. A lot. Are you talking about Blake Griffin? Blake or Griffin. Okay, well... He pays, like, millions of dollars in child support. It's horrible. That's how they get you. But anyways... But oh, and Derek Rose, too. I like him a lot. But yeah. go on. Lots of likable players on the East. You said you didn't change yours at all, right? Well, it's the same. So, I changed mine up a little bit. But that does it for the Eastern Conference of the NBA. Coming up next is the Western Conference, where we'll get to talk about the Nuggets a little bit and just how stacked this conference is. Welcome back to the Cycle 365. We got some more NBA preview coming up. But first, Simon, with some breaking news. Uh, so, shout out to our boys, AG. <laughs> they they got suspended from work. 
They were supposed to show up at 6 a.m., but ended up showing up at 11.05, so they're late to two shifts, technically. <laughs> but, yeah, they're, they're suspended until November 1st. It's an inside joke. Uh, we will update you on how the team progresses without them. But in the meantime, we're going to be talking Western Conference, and we're going to do the same thing as last segment where... We're going to talk about our lists, our seedings 1 through 10, 1 through 8 being the playoff teams, 9 and 10 being those who just missed the cut. Simon, please introduce us with your list. All right. So number one, I got the Clippers. Then at two, Nuggets. Three, Lakers. Four, Trailblazers. Five, Rockets. Six, the Golden State Warriors. Seven, the Jazz. Eight, my Mavericks. Nine, the Spurs. And then 10, this was a tough one, the Kings. You remember how during the break you said that we weren't going to be so different? All right, this is go. bad. Just go. So it's my fun. one seed is the Rockets. What? Two seed is the Clippers. Okay. Three seed is the Nuggets. Four seed is the Jazz. Five seed is Golden State. Okay. Six seed is the Lakers. Seven seed is the Trailblazers. And eight seed is the San Antonio Spurs, with the Mavs just missing the playoffs, and the Kings also at ten. So we agreed on the Sacramento Kings. We believe that they're a good team with young talent. They just locked up Buddy Heald for the next few years. Yeah. One of the best shooters in the game. And they're going to be good once the West dies down a little bit. Yeah. But they, other than that, these lists are completely different. Okay, let's start they, at one then. Okay, so I have the Rockets, and you have them at five? Yeah. Are you insane? Okay, so five is the lowest point I think the Rockets will drop. That is fair. But, but I could see one, but not... Not with the Clippers in this conference. Well, I'm I'm thinking back to last year, where even the the Kawhi team that was well rounded in the East didn't get the one seed in the East. What's it? They were like the two seed though, right? You know what the Clippers are on mine? What? The two seed. Okay. Because they're gonna rest Kawhi. Because the whole okay. What about Paul George? Listen, <laughs> I was in OKC last year. All right. Okay. And. While he was like an MVP, sometimes you'd just be really cold during games. So like, I feel like it's tough to watch sometimes. He'd just be putting up shots from like half court because he thought he could. And then of course we're not going to get the rebound when he's pulling up from that bar. It's just like, Paul George is going to be great on the floor with Kawhi. But they're not, I feel like if the Clippers are smart, they're going to rest both of them throughout the regular season to make a postseason push. Okay. So I feel like that's what would put them at the two seed rather than the one seed. But if you Doc could Rivers see them at small, the one seed though, right? I can see them at the one seed. Okay, okay. I just, okay, here's the thing. I don't think it's a big deal if the Clippers are the two seed. They don't have to be the one seed to win the West and go to the finals. That's fair. They don't even have to be the two seed. The I, Clippers could be the six seed and still go to the finals. I'd be surprised. They're not going to. Go on. Be a six seed? I want to clarify that. I'm just saying they could be a six seed and still go to the finals. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But honestly, I'd be surprised if this Clippers team was anything below two. Like, I think even with resting, they'll be still number one. I mean, you realize that they lost a little bit of depth, though, right? Like who? Gilgis Alexander was a great player for the Clippers last year. I mean, they still got Patrick Beverly. I mean, but he can't score the way that Gilgis does. I mean... Don't get me wrong, Patrick Beverly okay. and Lou Williams are good, but like, you know, Gilgis Alexander was like almost an all-star as a rookie. Well, okay, outside of him, who else? I mean, they lost Gallinari. That's 
that's not. They got Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, I know they got Kawhi and Paul George, but I'm just talking depth. No, I know. Like, they're a lot more top-heavy than they were last year. The reason that the Clippers were so good last year was they were a team with a lot of depth. I mean, obviously, they got two all-stars to replace that depth. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like with how long the season is, that ends up costing you some games to be a bit more top-heavy. But, see, I could definitely see them winning games with, you know, a Lou Williams, a Patrick Beverly, and a Montrezl Harrell. And even in a, a vid, how do you say his name? A Vika Zubac? Zubac, with that guy. Good luck. That's all you. Okay. Zubac, he was really good for the Lakers, but for some reason they traded him. And I think he's going to be really good for the Clippers. I think with that, like, you know, little core alone, they could be, they could win some games without PG and Kawhi. So, yeah. They could win some, but they will lose some. That's right. Yeah. But they'll, like I said, they'll also have PG and Kawhi. Like, they'll probably have to play maybe, like, I don't know, like, I would say 10 to 20 ish games at most without either one. And that's that's even, that might that's be pretty high. too much. Yeah. I'd say 10. Yeah. But I, I think one. they could win at least six or seven of those games. Yeah. And we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll just see. We'll just see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the Nuggets? Okay, I put them at three because I feel like this is the lowest they can possibly be. That's fair. I you feel see, like, you're the Denver fan. See, so. three is the lowest we can be, but we could be the number one seed. And yeah. a lot of this hinges, if Michael Porter Jr. is good, we're the one seed in the West, and there's no doubt in my mind. If he's good. And additionally, Jeremy Grant is going to be phenomenal this year. For those who don't know who Jeremy Grant is, aka if you're not an OKC fan... He shot 40% from the three-point line last year, which is amongst the best in the league, and he finally gives up some, some size to defend... Pause. <laughs> he Pause! <laughs> All right. he, Jeremy Grant, he's a great defender, and we're not going to get mismatched against the LeBron James or the Kevin Durant whenever he comes back, because we just didn't have somebody who was big enough. But Jeremy Grant's like 6'7", with a 7-foot wingspan. Which is basically yeah. the build of a small forward in today's NBA. He's a good defender. Yeah, so we've gotten way better on defense, way better at the three-point line. If Jamal Murray's scoring over 20 points per game, like, there's no stopping us. Because Jokic is already an MVP candidate. So, yeah. and th- that easily makes us the best team in the West. Should Porter Jr. be healthy, and should Jeremy Grant pan out. So three That's is fair. the... I put them at the lowest because I wanted to be modest, but I don't disagree with you as them being the two seed, and I certainly wouldn't overlook them being the one seed. Yeah, they could low-key steal that one seed if these teams aren't careful. They could steal it. Well, I don't know if it's stealing if you were the two seed the previous year. Well, and that you only came behind Golden State and the Monstars at the yeah, one seed. So. That's fair. We'll, we'll have to see with that. Too bad they don't have our boy Jordan Davis to... Uh, that's all right, Malik Beasley will do. <laughs> He'll do. Anyways, so I had the Lakers at three, and you had them at like six or yep, five? Six is correct. Six? Okay, so what where are your doubts with the Lakers? I just think that Golden State and the Jazz are better. Is that it? Like you don't think there's any problems with the Lakers? No, I just I just feel like Golden State they're like Golden State, they're gonna have D'Angelo Russell, right, with Steph Curry. And the Russell can score from anywhere on the court, and people are. I feel like people forgot how good Steph was because KD was there. But like this team went seventy-three and nine 
with basically everyone that they have there still, except for like KD wasn't even there when they went seventy three and nine. So like, you know, that's still a really good team, and Clay Thompson's going to come back, and they're the Splash Brothers, so they're going to do well. Yeah, but see, Clay's coming back around the same time KD is, so I don't think I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't come back during the regular season. That's fair, but like Russell can still hold down the fort until then. And then yeah. you figure, yeah. you figure when, you figure when Clay comes back, you'll have Russell potentially coming off the bench, which is a huge mismatch for any team trying to keep up. Plus, the Warriors are great at playing small ball, so even even if they had three guards out there, it'd be fine. That's fair. I'm I'm just I'm more concerned about how D'Angelo Russell is uh, gonna fit in with this with this. Warriors team, you know, I don't I mean, doubt last the talent. Time he was in California, it didn't turn out great. No, but. exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't doubt the talent. Like, it could be really good. But you know, the Warriors did lose some uh, some depth. They lost Sean Livingston. They lost Andre Iguodala. They lost their backup point guard. Uh, was it Quinn Cook. Cook? Yeah, yeah, to the Lakers actually. And that's that's a lot of depth to lose. And then obviously they lost KD and DeMarcus Cousins. So well, KD. He ain't nothing, so... Well, they still lost to Marcus Cousins. Well, they played most of the season without Cousins, so, like... Yeah. Well, then, like... See, you gotta wonder who's behind that center, and then who's behind Draymond, and who's your backup... Who's their backup point guard now? Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> see? Like, that, that depth is lacking, which is why I have them at six. Like, the opposite with the Lakers. I feel like the, the six is the lowest Golden State can go. No, yeah, fair. Like I don't think they'll go lower than that, but I wouldn't be as. No, I, I have no doubt, no doubts about this Lakers team. I just, I, okay. I, if they were past Golden State in the standings, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. I definitely want to see how LeBron does in year. What is this? Sixteen, <laughs> seventeen. It's definitely over sixteen. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So you know, I mean, he he can't be. The best forever is basically no. what I'm saying. We you can never predict when the drop off is going to happen, so we just got to stay tuned and then see if Anthony Davis stays in the lineup. Because both of those guys are going to have rest days as well. No, that's no, that's a fact. But at the same time, LeBron, he had his first like full off seasons rest because you know they missed the playoffs in like what since his rookie year. Yeah, so I think it's something yeah. dumb like that. Yeah, that's that for LeBron. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of thinking, too, um, how you're going to destroy the league, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think he's going to come back and really feel like he has something to prove to people. Like, like he's going to he's gonna put on a show for L.A. more than usual this year. So. And I feel like the Lakers definitely have some potential with um, Rondo and Davis. <clears throat> people forget that they were teammates. Yeah, they were. And they, were, they worked really well together, so, like... Yeah. Stay tuned for how that goes. No, for sure. I don't. I don't doubt it at all. I think that'll be great. Really like Kuzma being there too. Dwight Howard has played better than expected in preseason. We'll see what happens there. I'm not gonna. Good old Dwight. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I, I mean, I've always liked Dwight Howard, but like, I don't know how he's gonna do. We'll see if he stays healthy. <laughs> Him and JaVale McGee are on the same team. That's <laughs> that is a goofy yeah. dude. That might be the the team of Shaq and the Fool if they're not careful. <laughs> so they gotta Max. they gotta watch out. You never know. I also like that they picked up Quinn Cook. Where did you put the Jazz? <laughs> I had the Jazz at number seven. 
What? What's? Where's the? You know that they've been like the four or five seed for like years, right? Yeah. I doubt Mike Connolly. I think he might take a step back. It won't be super drastic, but with how competitive the West is, I think I could see them dropping to seven, potentially maybe even out of the playoffs if they were to get hit with an injury bug. That's any so. team. <laughs> no, if the Lakers... That's any team not named the Clippers or the Nuggets, basically. If the Lakers got hit with the injury bug, I don't think they'd drop out. Or the if Trail LeBron Lakers. got injured, you'd, you'd think they'd still make the playoffs? If he missed 20 yeah. games? Yeah. Because people thought that could happen last year and it didn't. Yeah, but, like, Kuzma isn't Anthony Davis, and Brandon Ingram isn't him either. Or Lonzo. So... I you think if Anthony Davis misses 30 games, that the Lakers can make the playoffs? <laughs> Sorry, you said 30 games? 30 or 20? You said 20. 30 for gone. Anthony Davis. Oh, 30? Why is it more with Anthony Davis? No, I don't think they would. Because he's soft. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't think they would make the playoffs then. Because LeBron's used to carrying teams and making them go to the playoffs. I don't know. I feel like Mike Conley is a great addition. He's definitely an upgrade over Ricky Rubio. But, like, who do they have outside of Connolly? Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. No, at point guard. At point guard? Yeah. Well, Ru- Ricky Rubio was the only point guard last year, and they were still a five seed. But who's the backup point guard for the Jazz? I don't know, but I couldn't tell you that last year, and they were still good. Is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, but, like, see, he's Connolly's going to be a bigger part of this team, though. So if they fall, then, like, it does take some time to learn, like, you know, we learned the offense and all that. Donovan Mitchell is a young guy. Gobert is a relatively young guy as well. So, like, it's going to – it's hard to, you know, get used to playing that way again. There might be a, a learning curve there. I feel like Mike Conley's going to be fine. He's kind of a veteran. Plus, their backup is Emmanuel Moutier. You believe in Emmanuel Moutier? Well, no, but he doesn't have to carry this team. <laughs> Could he put in the same type of work as a Mike – or, okay, could he put in uh, three-fourths of the same type of work as a Mike Connolly? I feel like Emmanuel Moutier could be just as good as Ricky Rubio, just without a three-point shot. But, like... He could pass just as good as Ricky Rubio. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. Dude, Ricky Rubio's really know. not that good. I've never believed <laughs> him. So, like... I know you haven't, but he's he's a solid player. I don't Watch, know. you brought to tell me that Rubio's better than Lowry. He's not, but... There you go. They're... Pretty close. No, it's not. If Kyle Lowry isn't careful. It's pretty close. No, oh my God. Get it off of Ricky be, Rubio. No, right no, no. I'm not. Hey, Ricky Rubio is a good player. I uh, feel like he's, he's holding the Jazz back. Is he? Conley is going to give the Jazz the extra push that they need. We'll, we'll see. I think seven is a good spot for them. I don't see them going higher than a four, maybe five. So. Yeah, that's that. But yeah, hey, Golden State, pretty. Or not Golden State, Portland. Up pretty high. Yeah, I did actually. Where where did you have them? I had them at four. I think they're pretenders. What? What? Is it because you don't like Damian Lillard? Because you're an OKC Thunder fan? That's not the point. No, that's not the point. It's just I feel like they got really lucky going to the Western Conference Finals last year. I was at that game seven against the Nuggets, and we missed thirteen consecutive three pointers. Like, that's just unlucky. For the Nuggets and lucky for Portland. Well, that's Denver's fault. It's gonna happen. Well, I'm just saying Portland got lucky to advance in that series. Okay, but they did add a good role player in Hassan Whiteside, and I believe in him. I think he'll be a force with Nurkic 
with all them boys there, you know, you still got Dame, you still got McCullum. I think this, you know, this might be a sneaky good team here. I just don't know if they can put it all together. Okay, well that's. I fair. mean, they've had like the same few players for a few years now, and nothing's happened. I remember when the Pelicans swept them. Okay. You know how sad that was. Yeah, but they were really young back then. I no, think... they weren't. That was two years ago. Okay, still, that <laughs> like, two what? years is a long time in athlete. You know, in an athlete's like mine, it really is. You know that too. I know that. I just I don't know. I'm not convinced. And then they got swept by the Warriors, so like. Oh, everyone gets swept, beat by the Warriors. The Clippers didn't. Okay. Are you trying to tell me Lou Williams is better than Dame? No, he's not. I'm. You're saying that. I'm not. I believe in <laughs> Damian Lillard. I think he's gonna break more hearts this year, of other fans. Pause. Why you gotta say it like well, that? Well, he is because I know he broke yours because you witnessed it. Lucky first shot. Lucky yeah, shot. Okay. Okay. But, <clears throat> yeah, I believe in the Trailblazers. And he uh, shot it over, sorry, Paul George, so. Well. Playoff P, baby. Yeah, he's <laughs> trashing the playoffs. Well, the Clippers well, are going to have to lean entirely on Kawhi. Well, that's what the Raptors did. I, I like the Trailblazers. They're a sneaky good team. And then the one big disagreement we have is you have the Spurs at 9 and I have them at 8. That's not that big of a disagreement. And you have the Mavs at 8. And I have the Mavs at nine. No, it's a big disagreement because you were smack-talking me during the break about leaving the Mavs out. Okay, er for context, earlier today at basketball class, I said that the Mavs could probably make the playoffs, but then I took a second look at the West, and I just don't think... I just... I can't bet against Popovich. That's foolish. Who's the Mavs head coach? Rick Carlisle? What do you mean, who's the Mavs head coach? Not Popovich is the answer. Okay, there's there's a lot of coaches that aren't like Greg Popovich, but Rick Carlisle is as good as any coach. He's a top five coach in the league. Yeah, name name four other coaches better than Rick Carlisle. Uh, I'm going to say Mike Malone, Steve Kerr. No, Mike Malone? Yeah. No. Mike Malone, Steve Kerr, Doc Rivers... When did Rick Carlisle win his? What? <laughs> what do you, 2011? That's eons ago in athlete okay, years, Simon. Okay, well that's not his fault that Mark Cuban keeps signing veterans to keep us competitive. But anyways. But anyways. And, okay, as I, can, as I continue on my list of coaches better than Rick Carlisle, Mike Malone, Doc Rivers... Mike D'Antoni. No. Yeah. No, Mike D'Antoni, that guy only knows how to play offense. He's like he's like his players, James Harden and Westbrook. Westbrook can play defense, dude. Yeah, he well, they both Greg can. Popovich. I feel like I just said Steve someone Warriors. else the last time. <laughs> what? Like <laughs> <laughs> you're smug Mike look. Malone. Mike Malone. Like the jazz coach. I'd probably say the jazz coach better than Rick. What? Malone. Dude, they've been good with no superstars for, like, a whole decade, so, like... Duh. <laughs> but he doesn't have a ring! Yeah, that means nothing. That was a million years ago, and he had Dirk, so, like... So Mike Malone beat the Big Three, the Miami Big Three. Mike Malone beat the Spurs a good number of times before. Dan Tony beat the Spurs. Wow, you're like every other Dallas fan living in the past right now, Simon. That's it's not. It's like seven years ago, eight years ago. 
Oh, see, you can't even remember because it was so long no, ago. No, it was eight years ago. I Back when Simon still wore PJs to bed. No, I was a middle schooler. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> weird. I think everyone wears PJs. Anyways, no, Rick Carlisle is a good coach, but let's let's move on from that because I don't think the Spurs no are the eighth seed. Okay. The Mavs narrowly miss it, and here's why. Why? A. Greg Popovich. Is that it? B. Greg Popovich. Oh my gosh. Plus, I feel like LaMarcus Aldridge is better than anyone on the Mavs. No. <laughs> He's better than Luka? Yes. He's better than Luka Doncic. Yes. The EuroLeague MVP, the Rookie of the Year, the, I'm not going to say it, but, you know, probably the best athlete in Dallas right now. I was going to say something else. But, yeah, the best athlete in Dallas right now. Someone Aldridge is more has sustained his success. So is Who's Luka? to say Luca isn't going to experience a sophomore slump? Dog, Luca, you realize that he he literally came straight from the EuroLeague. Like, he played their full season, won the championship there, and then came and played a season in Dallas, like, right after, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he was fatigued, like, extremely fatigued, because the EuroLeague isn't easy. And then, you know, he has he has all this offseason time to get ready. He's, he's in way better shape. He doesn't look super chubby anymore. Like, he looks like he's an actual, like, you know, NBA player like a man, you know. And, you know, he's he's gotten better. So you don't think he's going to take another step up? He was averaging, like, 20 points. I like, feel like he could take a step up, but Aldridge is a solid player. He's been around for years. Plus, Aldridge and DeRozan as a combination, I'd probably take right now, as of right now, during this preseason, then Doncic, Doncic, and uh, Doncic. Doncic, I had it right the first time. Yeah. And Porzingis. I don't I can't see it. And like I just don't know what Porzing what Porzingis is gonna look like on this Mavs team either. Well he's looked okay. He's looked good in the preseason. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, he's looked good. Well he's but, shaking off rust too, but he's gonna be rusty still. Because yeah. he's looked good at times, but there's other times where he just misses wide open shots. Yeah. And the Spurs are gonna so. they're not gonna have that rust coming out of the gate. <laughs> Why? Because they're playing with the same team that they were playing with in the playoffs. I don't know. I think the Spurs team is too old. I think this Mavericks team is really young, and they're oh, gonna run him out God. the gym. He says, "In with the, in with the new, out with the old." It's gotta happen sometime. I think Luca's gonna take that step forward, and he's gonna be great. And Porzingis, he's gonna like. I feel like a lot of people have been disrespecting Porzingis for like no reason, especially you delusional New York fans, because all y'all think y'all are right all the time. <laughs> but anyways, Porzingis is gonna come back and he's gonna dunk on what's his name, R.J. Barrett, and then he's gonna drop like he's gonna win Comeback Player of the Year or whatever it is in the NBA. Right. Easy. That that's those are Simon's thoughts. Yeah, I think. Plus, I think both of those guys are gonna average double doubles. So there you go. That's a bold statement. But it's really not. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I rearranged my standings once again following this conversation. Okay. So. No. All right. Well, I moved the Nuggets up to one because Michael Porter Jr. is going to be good. <laughs> Bias. But that's why. I went and saw their practice. I know Michael Porter Jr. and you've seen it in the preseason too. Yeah. He's going to be wet. Like if he's he can there. shoot from anywhere on the court. If he's there, I mean he is a liability on defense. But like if he can score more points than the person who's playing on him does, and he can play power, small shooting guard, like he can play a lot of positions. I feel like if offensively. He's there. Yeah. If he's and there. and then Jeremy Grant is 
the most underrated offseason move this NBA offseason. Period. Because he just gives us way a way better defender, really. And we can actually defend small forwards that are huge. Plus, if we get rid of Will Barton, then we can really be dangerous. But, and then the Clippers at two. They didn't move. I moved the Rockets down to three. Okay. What is with the disrespect to the Rockets, by the way? What do you know? We, you have Westbrook and Harden in a D'Antoni system. Why do you What's like D'Antoni so, so? He's not that good of a coach. Like, they just, it's... They're going to score so many points. This is They'll the, probably average like 120 a game. D'Antoni's system isn't one that is consistent or that could last, you know, a whole season in the playoffs. Successfully, consistently. We haven't seen the playoffs yet, but this is just talking regular season. Yeah. D'Antoni's one of the best regular season coaches of all time. This is true. This is true. See, I can't get over that. You said he's better than Rick Carlisle. Oh but... You know, even though he has no rings, but has coached like twice as much as Rick Carlisle. Maybe not twice as much, but at least a solid decade more than Rick Carlisle. Dude, D'Antoni got Steve Nash two MVP trophies, so like... Yeah, how come we didn't get him two rings? Because, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, I was about to say something really controversial, <laughs> but anyways. Okay. I want you to realize Nash wasn't even scoring 20 points per game in those two MVP seasons. Okay. He maximized... Steve Nash. So like, could, uh, so is it just bias against D'Antoni, basically? He doesn't have rings. He's that, he's a good, like, you know, regular season guy. He reminds me a lot of a, a lot of a Marvin Lewis, actually. You know, you, you love that guy. No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> he reminds me a lot of a Marvin Lewis, or actually, and a Mike Tomlin, too. While we're on that topic, it reminds me of both of them clowns. Win a bunch of regular season games, but there ain't no ring, so it doesn't matter. So, he's a good coach, you know, sometimes, but... Well, the Steelers, they won a Super Bowl with Tomlin. Basically as long ago as the Mavs won a ring no, with Carlisle, so... No, no, so... no. That's not the same. The Mavericks have won one earlier. Way earlier. Anyways, <laughs> the Rockets are going to be good. Okay, we'll see. Westbrook <clears throat> Westbrook is going to be good. He can play second fiddle. A lot of people think that chemistry is going to be a problem, but it's not. I don't see, like, I don't want to doubt the chemistry because they've played together before for a while, too. It's just, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work out this time around. It well, it'll be definitely different. be confusing when they both have 22 points 10 rebounds and 9 assists, who's going to take the game-winning shot? So. I was about to say some stuff that would trigger you, but anyways. Alright, okay. And then I moved the Lakers up to 4, the Jazz to 5, Golden State to 6, and the Trailblazers and the Spurs stay at 7 and 8. Hey, by the way, this guy betted against me. No, he didn't bet against me. He betted against my Mavericks at... Uh, we're not gonna make the playoffs. So when we do, I expect those five dollars pretty pretty quickly. But the question is, will you pay me my fifty for the Mavericks game that we're supposed to be going to, Simon? Yeah, I will. <laughs> hey, I hope that covers protection too, because I'm about to go wild in Denver. Okay, maybe not wild, but like oh, if we geez. win, if Luca dunks it on what's his name, Paul Millsap. I wouldn't be surprised. Paul Millsap's a sorry player. Oh man, I. Oh, I can't believe we. Freaking kept him. That does it for our NBA preview. Lots of disagreements, lots of debates. 
tell us what you guys think, either in the comments of Facebook or send us texts if you see us in real life. Just tell us, hey, your opinion on the Clippers is wrong. They're going to be trash. Or the Mavericks. You know. Your opinion on the Mavericks is wrong. They're going to be last in the West. Nope. <laughs> Just kidding. Song. That's the song. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our boy Zachary Klein. That does it for this segment. We'll catch you on the next segment. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Cycle 365. So here we're going to start a new segment on the Cycle where we honestly just talk about sports and then how that crosses with, you know, society, social issues, politics, stuff like that. Because in my opinion, I think sports has a lot to do with that and, you know, vice versa. So for this segment... For this very first segment, I don't know what we're going to call it. We're going to figure it out soon, though. But for this uh, segment, I'm going to talk about Norm Chow. And, you know, honestly, just Asian Americans in sports. Because I realized last week on the podcast, I said that Norm Chow low-key deserves his head coaching position with the LA Wildcats and the XFL over Winston Moss. Now, don't, don't get it twisted. Winston Moss, I think he deserves this. I've done my research on Winston Moss. He's been an assistant head coach for the Green Bay Packers for almost 13 years, actually. He started out as a defensive quality control coach with the Seahawks Saints from 1998 to 2006, but he is not as qualified as Norm Chow to run this team. I'll just be real with you. I don't think he is someone that they want to... They want to run this franchise and start this franchise. And this isn't anything against him. I just don't think he has that experience. You know, and it's not all about experience with this. Because he is 53 while Norm Chow is a solid, like, he's a solid 73. But here's the thing with Norm Chow. He has coached a multitude of Hall of Fame quarterbacks and future Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And also quarterbacks who are very successful in college. He's coached them all in college has not had an NFL, well, he's had one NFL opportunity, but other than that, that's really it. So, let me just name off these quarterbacks for you. Norm Chow has coached the likes of Jim McMahon, Steve Young, Philip Rivers, and then for this part, these are all Heisman Trophy winners. He's coached up Ty Detmer, Carson Palmer, Matt Leinart, and then in addition, I could bring up a whole ton more athletes notable players that he's coached so this guy norm chow is obviously a quarterback mastermind every time he's coached these type of players these quarterbacks they've done so well and they've performed and they've put up numbers in college at least nfl is obviously a different story but you know it's 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 different and i think everyone knows that but as a college coach he is 73 but he got his first head coaching like job with the University of Hawaii in 2013, which made him the first Asian American head football coach. So, for those of you who don't know, football has been going on for for years, and I'm talking over a century. If we really want to pinpoint it, college football in itself is probably the oldest version of you know American football, and that's been going on since like I'd say at least the 1890s. I'm talking the days of Rutgers, Army, like all those older schools who really founded you know what is American football, what is American college football today. 
And, you know, the first Asian-American coach got hired just in 2013. That was only six years ago. And, you know, with the University of Hawaii, that's not an easy position to hold. Because first off, your players are going to be battling fatigue more than anything. They could be talented, they could be all that, but man, it's hard to play for the University of Hawaii. They have to fly pretty much really far, like farther than any other team. Honestly, probably either professionally or collegiately, like in all sports, they have to fly really far all Hawaii, you know, sports teams just because, you know, they're in Hawaii. It's tough. It really is tough, you know, to coach the University of, of Hawaii and to get people together. And then obviously, you know, the culture there, it's, you know, it's, I won't bash on it too much, but because of the difficulties with travel and all that, it's not that great. So it wasn't like Norm Chow was inheriting the best, you know, honestly, you know, like the best situation, but, you know, he, he didn't do well. He honestly didn't. Not as good as some other coaches that have been there. And that's fair. But before that, he is a qualified head coach. So Norm Chow, by all standards, is a pretty, you know, qualified coach. If you want to have someone that'll, you know, set the foundation for a young franchise and, you know, league altogether. But he still got passed over. And the sad thing is, is that this was not the first time he's got passed over. And you know, I'm not I'm not gonna act like coaches before haven't been passed over. I'm sure Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney or Bill Belichick have all been passed over for head coaching jobs. But with Norm Chow, this is almost normal for him, which is terrible. And it's almost normal because I I mean I'll just be honest, like he's an Asian American, and you know. Everyone wants to believe that the United States is the land of the free, everyone's equal and stuff like that, but honestly, that's just not the case. And I'm not blaming that on Norm Chow not getting the head coaching spot with, you know, the LA Wildcats, but it definitely plays a role. So, Norm Chow, he became the first Asian American head football coach in NCAA history in 2013, and that's a big deal. It says a lot about the state of Asian Americans in sports. And I'll, I'll get into, you know, the whole culture with that, because for those of you who don't know, I myself, I'm an Asian American. Both my parents immigrated here from the Philippines, and I'm a proud Filipino. And, you know, the, the culture is very interesting. But anyways, you know, Norm Chow, he became the first Asian American head football coach in NCAA history. And I think as of now, he is the only one actually and doesn't even coach at Hawaii anymore so there's that but here are some experiences that you know Norm Chow had to deal with so he spent a good almost 30 years at Brigham Young University BYU back in the day you know between you know the 70s 80s and 90s when they were very successful that's where he coached the likes of you know Jim McMahon Steve Young those type of people who all ended up being great quarterbacks in the NFL afterwards. But here's one of the reasons why. Why he left Brigham Young University. BYU. First off, they they just passed over him. So, you know, they didn't even consider him as the head football coach for BYU after, you know, the former head coach retired. Which is crazy because this guy, Norm Chow, he's been with this program for almost 30 years, put in the work for them. You know, he's he's had he's coached teams who were top offenses in the nation, but they didn't even consider him for the head coaching spot. And that's you know, that's that's pretty telling, I'd say. That's honestly pretty telling of a lot of things. You know, I'm I'm not gonna accuse BYU of racism, whatnot, 
or whatnot, but here's, it's just an example of, you know, in an, another Asian American getting passed over because you don't typically think of Asian Americans as, you know, great athletes. So because of that, you won't think of them typically as great coaches because they haven't experienced it, right? And that's, it's very disappointing that that's the way it is. And then, you know, he got passed over once again for the Stanford job. A lot of, a lot of teams that could have used Norm Chow, you know, a lot, as a head coach even. And it's crazy that, that that happened. But, you know, enough enough about Norm Chow. I said I was going to talk about Asian Americans in sports. And here's the thing. In my opinion, I've, I've lived it as an Asian American. I do not think that Asian Americans are getting a fair shake in sports. And it's because, it's because of a lot of things. You know, we're very underrepresented in all sports, to be honest. In America, you know, we're obviously a minority. That's obvious. But you still see, you know, other people of other minorities making it to the NFL. Like, for example, a Marcus Mariota, who's part Samoan, he made it into the NFL. A Tua Tagovailoa, he's going to be there soon. Even, you know, on the high school level, we got a DJ Ugalalele. He's a five-star guy, five-star quarterback who has committed to the University of Clemson. Those guys, they're represented. I think Samoans and Islanders like that, they, they're represented pretty well. But Asian Americans, not, not as much. And it's not just football. But I'm going to use football as the example here. And here's why I think that they are underrepresented and not getting a fair shake. First off, it's the culture. You know, I had Asian parents. I love my mom and I love my dad. Still do to this day. But, you know... It's common for, you know, Asian parents and, you know, that whole culture to encourage children to not pursue athletics or sports. You know, the biggest thing with that, like the biggest question they always ask is like, you know, where's, where's basketball going to get you? Where's football going get to get you? And not to be stereotypical, but they usually push, you know, other Asian Americans towards very high income jobs like being a doctor or an engineer or a, you know, an athletic director even. Like when I told my parents that I wanted to be a physical educator and a coach, they're like, oh, well, you know, that's cool and all, but you should, you should think about possibly being an administrator or even a physical therapist and it's there's nothing wrong with that there really isn't and you know like i said i love my parents i appreciate their opinion but that wasn't for me and that's kind of the tone they took with me playing sports especially football football was the biggest one because there aren't many filipinos who have played football so <laughs> or even that plays sports in general there's Manny Pacquiao and that's it there <laughs> there might be some you know Filipinos here and there but there aren't many and I did my research on it actually there are a handful Roman Gabriel he was the first Asian American to you know be a starting quarterback in the NFL he played back in the 60s for the LA Rams but that aside you know they they took that approach that same approach, that cultural approach with, you know, like, that's not what we do, you know, you should focus on something that'll be more productive with your time. So basically saying that sports, you know, it could be a waste of time. And, you know, after talking to other Asian Americans, I think they would agree that that's kind of the tone they took on, you know, like, like we love sports all the same, just like anybody else, but there is that pressure from family, you know, like, like, why are you wasting your time? You know, like you should do something better with your life because, you know, the odds, they're just they're just not in your favor. <sighs> but see, the problem with that type of thinking is that if nobody's taking a chance, then there's going to be even fewer people that are going to make it in. You got to take a chance. 
no, that's it. So to all my Asian parents, out, Asian American parents out there, or even Asian parents, now don't discourage your kids from playing sports. Now I realize I'm biased because I am a physical educator and I value sports and everything that comes with it, but you know, don't discourage your kids from doing that. Because I think, you know, with a dream, sometimes you never really know when it's for real. You know, like it takes time to realize like, all right, this is what I want to do, you know, but it starts with loving the sport first, not, you know, going in thinking like, well, you know, like if I'm good enough, then yeah, maybe I'll play or, you know, like, I don't know, like maybe I want to, you know, stay in school and do this and that, focus on, focus on, on schoolwork. That's a big one. But I think, you know, if you really love that sport, you got to go after it. You, you just got to, you know, and it doesn't matter who you are. You got to shout out to all my Asian American parents, my Asian parents as well. But you got to encourage your kids to play sports, you know, enough of this very old school, traditional thinking like, oh, well, you could do better because I'm sure they can. But there's no there's no shame in like showing effort in sports and pushing them to be to do something that's uncomfortable because honestly like it can be uncomfortable to play sports as an asian american i i was there and you know i was just thinking about this the other day i think this is really sad but i have never been on a football team where i've been either discriminated against or you know talked down to because of my ethnicity like I've heard all the jokes in the world, either from my own teammates or on the field, you know, like it'll be all the different racial slurs and all that, all like all these things, like maybe you should go back to a math class or, you know, they do the little slanty eye, like gestures, stuff like that. Like I've heard it all, you know, and as a, as a kid that, <laughs> man, that fueled me. I was mad. Like, like, how are you going to make fun of me for playing this sport when I'm better than you? You know, but at the end of the day, it feels like it doesn't matter type of thing. So that fueled me a lot. And it's fueled a lot of other Asian American athletes as well. You know, Jeremy Lin, he was arguably the number one basketball player in California. Yet he didn't even receive a D1 or a D2, you know, scholarship offer. He had to go play at Harvard. It shows that there is, you know, a stereotype when coaches are looking for athletes. They count out athletes and all that and it's a very traditional way of thinking i'm not accusing all coaches of doing it but it's part of a you know of the sports culture like you don't see asian americans do like sports and play it and be successful like they might be you know like the backup guy they got her in their spot like everybody else but they deserve opportunities and you know i do think to this day that there were many athletic opportunities that i was robbed of from you know some of my coaches because they might have not thought that you know, I had the genetics to play football long term. So why should they invest so much time in me type of thing? And I know a lot of Asian Americans feel that way as well. It's it sucks. It really does. You know, it's a it starts with the family culture. I think that needs to change. I, I think, you know, you got You got to start pushing these kids to go out and play because, you know, if you don't, then nobody's ever going to have respect for people like us. And it's it's a shame that that's that's what it's come down to, or well at least respect in the sports world for people like us. That's that's just what I think. I think you know we gotta we gotta push these kids out to play just like anybody else, you know. And then the coaching opportunities will come. It's hard to break stereotypes, but somebody has to do them, and that's that's just my opinion on it. Once we start pushing like you know other athletes like that, I think. 
I think you will see a lot of change. I think you will see more Asian Americans coaching. By the way, Norm Chow was the only Asian American coach, football coach, that came up when I searched it up for a good, you know, a good, a good couple pages of Google, I'd say, at least. Not many other people came up. Not at least not many other head coaches came up. Because obviously he is the only Asian American head coach right now, as of now. Uh, in NCAA D- Division One history, which is sad. I would love to see more. I remember, you know, I still feel this way. I, I want to be the first Asian American Hall of Famer, like football coach, you know, whether it be college, NFL, all of that. I think it's important for young Asian Americans to see that like, hey, you know, just because you're this ethnicity or race doesn't mean you can't do this or that. You know, because nobody really wants to admit it, but stereotypes exist for a reason. You gotta push outside of your comfort zone sometimes. Uh, And you gotta do what you love. You know, you really do. And that's that's just my little rant about it. I think, you know, Asian Americans, they haven't been given opportunities. And it starts with, you know, that family culture. But, you know, at the end of the day, it ends with coaches and, you know, people in the sports community who consistently rob people like Norm Chow of like coaching opportunities or playing opportunities even. Like if they're robbing Norm Chow of coaching opportunities, then they're obviously robbing players of playing opportunities. Taylor Rapp, a safety for the LA Rams, he was one of those players. He is an Asian American, played for the University of Washington, and he's a fantastic player. But you know, he he was made fun of a lot for being Asian and playing, you know, on the football field. And here's a story with Taylor Rapp. You know, his dad was talking about how back in his sophomore year of high school, he went to the Nike Spark Combine in L.A. Basically, that this is just where they train. We're not trained, but like it's like a combine where they check out athletes from many different high schools and they start ranking them, you know, so that college coaches, they could get a look at some of these high school athletes. It's a it's a platform for these high school athletes, actually, to, you know, put themselves out there, get some scholarships and stuff like that. And so with Taylor Rapp, he walked away as a safety with a 108.3 score. It was the second highest of all the high school participants there. And he was a sophomore, but yet, here's here's what here's what Taylor said. They said they wouldn't even speck an eye on me. They would walk right past me to these African Americans and white kids who, in their mind, looked like football players. I didn't fit the stereotype. Sadly, you know, it happened to Jeremy Lin. So, it happened to him as well. It continues happening to other Asian Americans, where you know, the football players we or sorry, Asian Americans we don't fit you know, the stereotype of what a football player should look like, which is screwed up. And I've been there, like, I've legit been told by a coach before, like, you're Filipino, you know, your genetics, like, it doesn't bode well for you as a football player. Like, you're not going to be able to play college and all that. And, you know, I'm not playing college, but it's not because I, you know, I'm Filipino or my genetics didn't match. It's because... No, I had to take care of other things that came up in life. I had to step up as a man of the house. You know, football became a secondary thing and something that wasn't as important as my family. So that's why I quit. 
but it wasn't because of genetics. So I've been I've been told that my whole life, like, oh man, you're Asian, like you can't play, you can't play this, you can't play that, you know, like why don't you go back to the math class or why don't you be a doctor or some something like that. And I'm sure Taylor Rapp was told that as well. I'm pretty sure he has been. And you know, uh, I heard a lot of these things on the football field, and obviously a lot of it could be chalked up to you know just trash talk in general, kids being young. But that shouldn't be an excuse, you know. I think because of stereotypes like Asians can't play football or sports, it's it discourages a lot of Asians because they feel like if they do get into that, they'll be ridiculed, and yeah, they will, <laughs> just like anybody. But like it's different, and man, I remember it was right before the draft. You know, Taylor Rapp, he he did a little video. Or sorry, him and Heinz Ward did a little video. They were kind of hyping him up. And Heinz Ward, he's obviously half Korean, one of the best, you know, Asian Americans to ever play football. One of the best football players ever in general. And you know, he said, you know, I've heard it. He in the video, he said, you know, I heard it. Like Asians can't play football, this and that. But you know, you got you got to show them different. And then I remember going into the comment section, and everybody was saying. I have never heard that Asians can't play football, which is hilarious. Because here's the thing, it, honestly, if you're white or if you're any other like you know ethnicity, race, all that stuff, like you're not gonna hear it unless you're an Asian American. It's one of those things where you have to be a person of Asian descent to hear that. You know, it really is. It really is one of those things. And I believe that Asian Americans have just not gotten the opportunities to really. You know, show themselves out. You know, I think for a long time, stereotypes have ruled how Asians are viewed in all sports, men and women, and in all, like I said, all sports. I think it has. I already know there's a lot of people that may not agree with what I say, but these are just my experiences. Like I've felt like that. You know, at times, sometimes I'm not man enough to play. But at the end of the day, I know when I hit that field, I'm. I'm that dude, you know. You gotta feel that way. And to all Asian American athletes who are aspiring to be, you know, to go pro someday, you gotta feel that way as well. You gotta feel like you always have something to prove. You know, not just because you know there are people that will hate on you in general, but people that will hate on your culture and your community and your descent, which is not right. You know, they'll hate. They could. Hate, I think it's more okay for them to hate on you as a person, but for them to hate on a, something bigger than just you, that's disrespectful. And I encourage all coaches and people who may be listening to this to, you know, really stomp that those ideas out. Like, don't joke about stereotypes like that. Don't classify a kid who may be Asian as a weaker athlete or as not as, you know, a good an athlete as another one. You know, like I encourage you to, to push them just like you would anybody else. You got to and show them that support because you know, most of the time they aren't getting that support. They really aren't. But anyways, that's the end of this rant. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, I think we're going to do this hopefully every week, at least, you know, every month or so. Just picking a social issue. It won't always be me. It'll probably be like Cody or Jesse or you know somebody else for sure. But thanks. Thank you. Welcome back to the cycle. For this segment on the NFL, this is your uh, sick and dying host, Jess Booten. Just came back from a hunting trip that was unsuccessful, but I'm ready to talk NFL. You guys ready to talk NFL? <laughs> yeah, yeah it feels bad, man. The Broncos getting thwapped 
by the Broncos. City Chiefs. I did actually get to see that game because it was on Thursday. We yeah. all got to see that game. Yeah. The Chiefs won 30-6. to six. With uh, Matt Moore playing most of the quarterback game. for most of the game. And Mahomes is out for three weeks? At least three weeks. At least three, three weeks. Point, Do you yeah. guys want to hear their schedule coming up? Because it's rough. What? First, their first game is against Green Bay without Mahomes. That's tough. Their next game is against the Vikings. Yeah. Then they finally get a little bit of a break when they face Tennessee and then the Chargers. It's the next four games. So, how do you guys think the Chiefs do without Mahomes for the next four? I think the only game they win is the Chargers game. Yeah. One and three. I think I they'll go one and three, but I think that they might beat the Titans. Because no. the Chargers game is in L.A. It doesn't matter. If... The Chargers are actually bad. Yeah, I agree. Like, we all too. thought they were going to be decent, but no, they're well, actually they're, bad. They're not good. I know they're not good. I just feel like that's a series that usually splits one and one. And if Matt Moore is their quarterback, then... I don't think, I don't think it matters. <laughs> I think that's how bad the Chargers are. Yeah, I. so they're for sure going to lose these next two games. I'm yeah. pretty sure of that. Tennessee, that could be a toss-up depending on the day, <laughs> honestly. Then with the Chargers... I don't know. Maybe they feel like uh, we could steal a win, so maybe they could even win. But at the same time, I kind of agree with Jesse. They're bad. And we, I was just listening to the NFL preview, and we both kind of saw it coming. So it's not like it's a surprise. I mean, they didn't make any changes in the offseason, and everyone else got better. So Facts. I would say they got worse, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just because the whole Melvin Gordon thing. They so, still don't have a line. Go for it. Go on. Do you think the Chiefs are still the favorites to win the AFC West if they go one and three over this next four game stretch? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I you've already st- decided that the Broncos are bad and the Chargers are bad. Yeah. I think the Raiders could. No, I still think because I, I mean Patrick Mahomes come back in four weeks and they'll win the rest of their games. Well, after the Chargers game, so with Mahomes, they will face the Raiders in New England. The Broncos in Chicago and then against the Chargers. Yeah, so I think they could win most. Of, I was going to say they could probably football. win most of those games with Matt Moore. So, yeah, I think I still think they're going to win the division. Yeah, I believe so too. Right now, the Chiefs are only five and two. Raiders are three and three, so that means, I mean, what is it? Chiefs will they could still lose these next three games, and it will be a close, you know. Uh, battle in the AFC West. So. Yeah, because I, I mean, mean the Raiders got smacked around by the Packers. Too, yeah, I don't so. think the Raiders are. I mean, the Raiders might win one of the next four or two of the next four, but still in the end, I think Kansas City will come out on top. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious here. This is one of the few times where we all agree on something. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, actually. <laughs> you're right, following the NBA preview. But Wait, are we going to talk about the Broncos? Oh, how our season's over, like, officially this time? Yeah, we traded Emmanuel Sanders today as of this podcast. Yep, we traded him literally today, October 22nd, for a third and fourth round pick, and we gave up a fifth. John O.A. continues to just... Think he's doing the right thing. And he's never, he never is. Well, wait a second. Do y'all think this was a bad deal, or...? <laughs> I think I think they could have gotten more value, not from the 49ers, but more value in general from the other NFL teams. Like a second round pick, like what the Patriots I think, gave up. I was talking to Cody today. I think they should have what they should have done is gave an Emmanuel Sanders a second round pick and maybe like a seventh for Cam Newton. I feel like we would have had to package a first round pick for Cam Newton. I don't know. I think a second would be all right. A second Emmanuel Sanders, like they need a receiver. The Panthers? Yeah. Uh, they got some young guns yeah, over there. Yeah, I mean, there. but I think the veteran leadership would help. 
No, it would it would definitely help. It's but definitely look. The deal was definitely tailored for a playoff team. Yeah, though. Yeah. So, Niners. I know that the Packers were interested. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could have finagled a second round out of them. But Do you think you don't think that that Carolina can be a playoff team? No, no. I'm saying they're definitely in the mix because they are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're only behind the Saints in their division and. I'm pretty sure as far as, if the if the season ending today, I think they might be a six seed. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they would too. I think, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Emmanuel Sanders, but the Panthers they definitely have a you know a young core that they want to continue to develop, give reps. So I don't think Emmanuel Sanders would have been as valuable to them as like a Packers or even a 49ers. Well, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is the best player, is the best pass catcher on the Niners, not named George Kittle right now. Is that it? Wrong. I, I think, don't think so. it depends on the day, because Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't really done any favors for Dante Pettis, George Kittle, or Marquise Goodwin, which is why all their numbers are way worse than last year. Even though Jimmy G didn't play last year, really. So, uh, it, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy G is still a huge question mark for the Niners. You know, he has as many total touchdowns as total turnovers. He does. And they only scored nine points against the Washington Redskins, which is, in my opinion, it's a red flag already. Well, I mean, in their defense, it was terrible weather. I don't know. Oh, it was terrible. No, it was was bad. No, I saw it. I saw it. But, like, if you're going to be that guy. It's hard to pass in the rain. But he's supposed to be that guy, though. I don't think think anyone's throwing for 400 yards in that storm. Well, how many yards did he throw for? Well, that is a very good question. But also, like, literally, it was so wet. Like, Mahomes wouldn't have put up Mahomes' numbers in that weather. I mean, I understand it was wet, but at the same time... All right, he threw for 151 yards. It's not impressive. Case Keenum threw for 77. That's Case Keenum, though. He's a backup <laughs> quarterback. This we know to be true. Broncos nation. Yeah, well, so is Joe Flacco, though. So Yeah, but I mean, still, with Jimmy Garoppolo, I know the weather was bad, but... At this point, for me, it, enough excuses for him. He needs to show me something. His team has literally been carrying him, and he's been dragging their team down, even though they're undefeated right now. So, if they don't, if he doesn't figure it out soon, they could implode real quick. So, yeah, it could be worse. He could be Mitchell Trubisky, who's wasting the Bears' good defense. That's true. He could be. He could be Mitchell Trubisky, just wasting everything the Bears are. Yeah. Go back to that draft. <laughs> Everything. Hey, remember when Deshaun Watson and Mahomes were both on the board? Chicago? They traded up for, for a second round pick. They traded up one pick. Yeah, for Mitchell. They went from three to two for that. <laughs> and the Niners didn't even want them. No, they didn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. But there are trade rumors that Cam Newton, he might go to the Chicago Bears or a Marcus Mariota. Those are the two I've heard a lot. Because they both fit that Matt Nagy offense, you know. And it could be uh, very successful. Anyways, All right, moving on, Simon. What is the next game we're going to talk about? All right, so we got the Ravens and the Seahawks. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens go into Seattle and come up with a really big win. They've been kind of skidding these last two weeks. I think they, what, they're on a two-game losing streak? No, they beat the Bengals last week. Oh, sorry. Well, I didn't even count the Bengals. Yeah, they're barely an NFL team, but I feel like this is a huge statement win for Baltimore, who up to this point didn't really beat anyone who was good. I mean, they had that first week where they just absolutely creamed the Miami Dolphins, and then, you know, they beat a Bengals team that isn't that good. Then they lose to the Browns, so it's like, well, are they good? And they barely get past the Steelers team that's playing with backups and, like, a bunch of clowns, and it's like, No, wait, that was... 
Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry, go on. Yes, I'm right. The Steelers are a bunch of clowns. No, anyways. <laughs> not. So okay. Hey, Ravens and the Broncos. I know. I wasn't gonna bring that part up, but <laughs> Thanks, the Jesse. the but. Ravens don't beat anyone good, and then they beat one of the hottest teams in the NFL, and yep. I think one of the best teams in the NFL, including this Ravens defense that I believe struggled a little bit, managed to get a firm grasp on a Russell Wilson offense, which is I didn't get very to impressive. see, but did um, what's his name play the corner. Which one? They traded for. Oh, Marcus Peters? Marcus Peters. Yeah, he got a pick six on Russell Wilson. It was Russell Wilson's first pick of the season. Yeah. Already paying off. (laughs) It is, yeah. Yeah. No, it's great because Marlon Humphreys is a like a lockdown corner, and so that gives Marcus Peters the freedom to be a bit more of a ball hawk. Yeah. Do whatever he wants pretty much. Yeah. But which is where he excels just because he's an athlete. Yeah. So here's here's the big question that everyone's been asking. Is Lamar Jackson right now an elite quarterback? And is he capable of bringing this Ravens team to a Super Bowl? Well, I feel like elite doesn't come without, like, a few years. Okay. So, like, well, I'm not playing gonna... wise, playing Just off of playing-wise this season, that's Right it. now he's playing great. Okay. Like, I he... would say right now he's an elite quarterback, yes. But okay. he's all the craziness from the beginning. He's like, oh, my gosh, is he the MVP? I don't think he's the MVP anymore. Not problem not. Um, I don't think he's the MVP, and I, but I do think he's playing elite football. Yeah. Yeah. Also, people so. keep talking about how many rushing yards he has, which is crazy. But nobody's talking about. Okay, they're like, oh, he has more rushing yards by himself than like ten NFL teams. He yeah. Does. Well, he also has more passing yards than twenty NFL teams. Yeah. He's so also, like, he's also basically a running back who can throw. So, I mean, he's well, he <laughs> could throw better than most. Like, a no, solid no, amount no, of quarterbacks, that, yeah. That's why it shouldn't surprise you that he has so many rushing yards, because he's basically a running back. I mean, he's super yeah. athletic, and then, like, but no, I'm just saying nobody's talking about his passing. No, that's fair. Which is ridiculous. I mean, we all know why they're not talking about his passing. But See, they should. Yeah, that's, they they should, should be. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm trying to point out. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely should be. Lamar Jackson, he's been playing pretty efficient football, to be honest. Like, sometimes, you know, he won't have the most passing yards, but, like, doesn't have many turnovers really, you know. It's there's very few times he has he good makes touch on his downfield passes too. He does, and he's been doing that without Hollywood Brown in the lineup as well. He so does. Yeah, this was a when, big win. When Brown comes back, that'll be huge. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it'll be great. Did y'all see uh, what is it that video of him mic'd up for when they went on it for fourth down? They scored a touchdown. Oh no! What did the mic up? So Harbaugh he said to Lamar, he was all like. Hey, you want to go for it? And then Lamar was like, heck yeah, let's go for it. And he was like yelling and get all riled up. And then he basically, I don't know if y'all saw the play, but he punched it into the end zone. Yeah, it was like, like a quarterback power play. Yeah, it was it was real nice, and he was all fired up. And I knew from then on, like, it was over for the Seahawks because he was feeling it. And, like, I, I really do love the passion he plays with and the chemistry with him and uh, Coach Harbaugh for sure. I think, you know, this is a solid Ravens team moving forward. Well, you know, we'll take another look at them in the uh, mid-season review of the NFL season. That will come up next week. So, And I believe the last takeaway, Jesse, did you have anything else about Lamar? <laughs> I did not. I didn't watch the games. Well, I think the last <laughs> takeaway from this week is the Cowboys winning the NFC East. Now, it's only week seven, but I feel like that, that was it. I mean, they didn't only beat the Eagles, they buried them. They did. They, yeah. they embarrass them on national television. Eagles are trash. You want to know what's even more embarrassing? What? Who's their head coach? The Eagles head coach? Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson. Oh, Doug yeah. Peterson last week said, we're going down to Dallas and we're going to win. And you know what they did like, Everyone was like, 
you should never say that because you're not going to win. <laughs> and they went down there and got smacked. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Everyone on the Eagles is literally so bad. Yeah. yeah. Their cornerbacks are so terrible. I mean, don't get me wrong, kudos to Dallas for blowing them out. But also, like, gosh, they couldn't, they couldn't cover anything. Like, they couldn't... They couldn't cover Jason Wooden because he kept converting third downs. But and then Nelson the Aguilar is sorry. Yeah. Wait, what's the thing? Jason Witten's been like that their whole career. You know, they're middle, he always picks up first. Uh, okay. Now he's like a million years old. But he's, yeah, still. I mean, still though. Like he's, Jason Witten was actually really good re-addition to this Cowboys team in my opinion. He was. Yeah, with leadership and just reliability still, it's crazy. But like at the same time, the Eagles have players that could cover Jason Witten. But they weren't doing it well on Sunday, so. Yeah. I don't know. I think, is, so is it panic mode for the Eagles? Are they done? I was just about to say hit the panic button. We were just talking a couple weeks ago if they didn't beat the Packers, their season's over, and they just lost two games in a row. And, you know, the Cowboys also get a bye week, so everyone that's been unhealthy for them is going to be, like, revamped and ready for the second half of the season. Oh, yeah. Week it's 8 is a great time to have a bye week, it by is, the way. It is. It's perfect timing for Dallas right now. Philly, on the other hand, they got to... You gotta figure it out, or <laughs> they might not even make the playoffs. Hey, remember when Doug Peterson said this is the new norm after they won the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember. He's saying yeah. some pretty interesting things. Yeah, he's, he's a confident guy, but. Not backing it up. No, he's not. Also, Carson Wentz hasn't been playing well, and I feel like nobody has called him out on it, but I am. He hasn't played well. He didn't look good versus Dallas, and like, yeah, their defense is good, but like, you know, he was just really late on throws. He was inaccurate on a pretty solid, like, you know, end zone shot, and just, he's been all over the place. He needs to figure it out, because I feel like his team is slowly losing faith in him, as crazy as it sounds. So. I also think that the uh, Eagles need to stop running their mouths and start playing football. Facts. Because what's that linebacker's name that... The one that got cut? Yeah, because he said, oh yeah. He goes, Kirk Cousins can't throw the ball to save his life, basically. And then Kirk Cousins went out there and threw 400 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. He got cut the next day. And then Kirk Cousins is on a roll right now. He is. But like, see, like you can't, I feel like that's screwed up. Because you can't cut a player for saying that or, you know, whatever. When your coaches are like doing exactly thing, that. That's what I'm saying. That yeah. organization needs to shut their mouth and play football. Yeah, they're acting like Philly fans. Y'all <laughs> know what I'm talking yeah, about. Philly no, fans be doing the most. You'd be acting like Philly fans. Act professional and play most. football for once. You're not going to have another Super Bowl for another 100 Shout days. out to EDP445. Check out his YouTube channel. He has great Eagles content. God, Eagles fans. All right. Well, that's basically the <laughs> NFL. That's the NFL. It's like the highlights of the yeah. NFL this yep, week. That's it. Next week, we'll come out with... Uh, like I said, a mid-season review of most of the NFL teams and divisions and just go division by division. I don't know if we're going team And we're going to talk about how Jesse thought the Patriots weren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> oh, don't yeah. think I forgot. Oh, yeah. Then, but then I realized that they probably have the easiest schedule ever in the NFL. Not like this year, but I think they might have the easiest schedule ever scheduled in NFL. This and more next week. Next week. All right, also, so. look out for also look out for me and Simon. We'll do a uh, mid-season mock draft. Oh yeah, so, um, for college football. We didn't talk about it this week because nothing really happened. The only, yeah, Wisconsin. The only yeah. thing is, is Wisconsin lost pretty big because they were a playoff team. and They lost, but 
it was kind of so, yeah. yeah it's fine we'll come next week we'll come back with more also the cycle 365 is now on spotify this is true also facebook youtube we post to instagram twitter we're on all the social medias cycle 365 yeah also, I mean, these are pretty obscure apps as of far, but we will be on Google Podcasts. It's a new app that's coming out pretty soon here, as well as Radio Public, which, I mean, it's already on Radio Public, and then Pocket Cast as well. So, so tell your friends to listen to them. We are everywhere. Easier than ever to listen to us. Accessibility is not the excuse. Listen to the cycle. Yes, it's all downloadable now, <laughs> which I feel like it was one of the biggest. Oh, good. So, yeah. It only took nine episodes, but here we are. All right, thank you for rocking with us. We'll catch y'all next week. Hey, can we end with like a group high five over the mic? Let's try it. Let's. Literally, we could all just high five and it was. No, no, let's just. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why'd we all miss? (laughs) Yes, we did miss. That's the perfect. We did miss the three-way high five. Pause.